Welcome to On The Way, a podcast to help you make a meaningful connection with Jesus every day in the midst of your day-to-day. So connecting with Jesus in your workplace and amongst your coworkers can be really tricky. And as we're looking at this On The Way With Jesus idea, we thought it would be helpful to bring someone in who works in a really cool workplace with really cool people doing really cool stuff and to ask him what he does and to learn a little bit from his experience. Uh, Dave Patterson, you may know him as uh, the guy who gets the donuts at our Pittsburgh campus. He's on the hospitality team there together with some other really cool people. And uh, Dave is also in my small group and is a good friend of mine. Play games together, hang out, go to the movies. And uh, so Dave is here in our makeshift studio at Chatham Mills. Say hi, Dave. Hey, Steve. Hey, everybody. Uh, Thanks for the introduction. That was very kind of you. Yeah. So Dave... Tell everybody a little bit about where you work, what what you do for work. Yeah. So as Steve talked about, I like to think I have a pretty cool job. So I work for a running shoe company. Which running shoe company? I can use this opportunity to plug Brooks. Absolutely. Brooks running shoes? Yeah. Run happy? Run happy. Yeah. So that's a, it's a really awesome place to work. Uh, The great thing about it is uh, just a great balance of working hard, but doing something you enjoy with people who genuinely love running and love being involved in it. And what makes my job extra cool is uh, Seattle. Uh, Brooks is based in Seattle, Washington. And you're like, okay, what's a guy who works for a company in Seattle doing living in North Carolina? Uh, I get to work with a lot of really great East Coast accounts. Uh, Fleet Feet in particular, one of our great partners is based in Carborough. So I have a really, really cool job where I also get to work with Fleet Feet, who's another really cool organization that loves what they do, as well as like a ton of other local stores all across the East Coast. So Fleet Feet is one of those running shoe stores that you go into and they'll like watch you walk and they'll like compliment you on the way your feet are shaped and they'll help you like pick out some really cool shoes. Like it's it's not just a a shoe store that you walk in and someone says, let me know if you need anything, but they, they're actually trying to get you in the right equipment so that you can really run and enjoy your run and run happy, you know, like that, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that might end up being like a really great parallel for talking about some of this stuff today is it's, it's the place as with a lot of other places where you do businesses, you don't have to say you're a runner. You don't have to think you're a runner. You don't even have to run. You could walk or just be, you know, Hey, I want to get out there and be active or join a community or find a little social outlet. You go in there and they, Hey, Hey, what can I help you with today? And it's just, I don't know, but I, I want to be a better version myself, and I heard this is a great place to start. And then they can walk you through anything and everything you need, get you hooked up with the right shoes, the right brands, the right stuff. Uh, but really, it's about, hey, how can we get you more engaged in something that's going to make you happy? So so you, you kind of nudged at the door there. This idea that there are lots of different people who come into a running shoe store, that there are lots of different types of running shoes. Uh, I know Brooks has lots of different types of of shoes and running Mm -hmm. equipment that you make. Uh, Finding a match is really important. We've been talking about that at Chatham Community Church, about finding a match between your spiritual style and spiritual disciplines that can help you connect with Jesus. Uh, Like that, that is something that so many of us didn't hear growing up. 
right? Didn't, didn't hear growing up that, well, there are lots of different ways that you can connect with Jesus. It's not just about going to church on Sunday morning, although that's really helpful. There's more to it than that. So when you were a kid, you're growing up, what are some of the ways that you heard, like, hey, you could connect with God in this way? I was brought up uh, in our tradition, uh, grew up, I guess, Catholic. And I mean, the big thing for us was go to church uh, for an hour, uh, stand up, sit down, do the prayers, sing the songs. You know, there was important to celebrate the holidays, but really my faith upbringing for better, for worse, just focused on that one moment. Go to church. That was your, your one day a week, your one hour a week where you really made that connection. And, and that was about, and that was it. That was the, the big part of connecting to, to Jesus. Well, you know, and what I think that leads to, I mean, and so many of us have had that same experience, but I think what that leads to is this separation between your spiritual life and your secular life or your work life or your life life, where you have like one hour, maybe an hour and a half on Sunday that's dedicated to God. And the rest of the time, it's like God is absent and talking about God or bringing God up or thinking about God or engaging with God feels strange because you're like, isn't there supposed to be someone in a robe telling me what to do right now? Or isn't there supposed to be a certain smell or, or am I in the right place? You know, could I actually connect with God when I'm out on a run? You know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, I like to think of it as for the Seinfeld fans out there, like that George Costanza worlds collide thing where it kind of brought up and you had your, you have your work life and you have the circle over here, then you have your family life and that's another circle. And then you might have your church life or your other personal life things. But the whole idea was you kind of balance these, right? And it's a, people talk about juggling all the time, having all these balls in the air. And I think that's kind of, if you can call it a symptom of that, that this, I don't want my worlds to collide because we have this fear that if, you know, I mention Jesus at church or my friends find out I go to church on Sunday or they're going to look at me differently. And I have all these personas I've created, which I really think I enjoy, but I don't want my worlds to collide because then things get, I perceive that as, okay, this is going to get complicated. Well, okay. So let me, let me, let me uh, pull on that thread just a little bit. Cause I think this is really, really interesting. You have worked in sales for a long time and now, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound like an insult, but I'm going to reel it back in. So salespeople often have a reputation of not being authentic, right, of presenting things maybe uh, in a skewed light or not not the best way. And over the years, as I've interacted with salespeople, the salespeople that are most effective at selling me stuff are people who are really authentic, who really are the same person everywhere they are. I mean, as you've developed as a salesperson, is that something that you've discovered as well, that, that authenticity actually helps in, in sales and marketing and, and that world? Yeah. So I'll, I'll start by saying I share your viewpoint. When I went to school, started computer science, found out, you know, my strengths really are more with people. It's less behind you screens. Video games. You enjoy yeah. video games. So I thought, like hey, people. you know, I can make video games for a living. It's really easy and it's, it's not. That's another industry that's such a challenge. So I went into business and was learning all these you know, everything behind the scenes is there's some sort of business process. So it's great. And I said, I can really do anything I want with this as long as it's not sales, because I'm not a sales guy, because again, same thing, be really slick. You have to maybe 
be creative in how you express the truth or trying to pull a need out of somebody who you recognize they really don't have this need. They don't need to buy this. That, that was kind of my view of sales. And then uh, through a, a friend I actually ran with in college, Chris, kind of turned me on to this idea that if you have a genuine love of something and you're really authentic and you're passionate about it, that there's opportunities for me, it was in run to go do that in a sales role. And my job was not, I never viewed it as let me sell somebody an idea, but let me talk about an experience. Let me bring something I think is really cool and valuable and something that could help people present it to them and try to invite them into, into this experience. And so I found that when I viewed sales more as let me find out how I can connect with people, find out who they are, uh, what they're passionate about, and then how maybe what we're doing can, can fit together. It felt a lot more real and authentic. And it felt like I was just doing something I could be, I could be proud of. It wasn't really selling them on something. It was more like, here's an invitation to something I think is really, really cool. So that's not only great insight into sales, it's also great insight into evangelism because that's what, what great evangelism is, is it's, it's being so happy and in love with Jesus that when someone gives you an opportunity to talk about it, you're not, you're not trying to pressure them. You're not trying to force them into a commitment that's not going to be good for them. You're just sharing about this person who you love, who you care about, who's changing your life, and you're inviting them to to go on a run with you. I mean, spiritually speaking, I mean, maybe actually for you, practically <laughs> speaking, but, but spiritually speaking. Uh, so in, in your workplace, uh, does your faith ever come up when it does? What are some ways that it comes up? Uh, so again, uh, another great question. That's one of those things I think has changed the most about me since I've been here as part of uh, Chano Community Church is trying to, as I talked about earlier, kind of all those different worlds you tried to keep separate. And I, I'll say, Dave, from a few years ago, this was really important. Balance by juggling all the balls and not letting everything drop. Compartmentalization. And then I just, I don't know what it was, but I will say probably after a few months, maybe a year of, of being part of the church, I didn't feel as afraid of bringing this up. And it was just simple things like when I was talking to colleagues and they're like, how'd your weekend go? What did you do? And I was like, oh, I, it was great. We went out Saturday. Uh, we went shopping and we went to Target and then we had Chick-fil-A and it was awesome. And then on church, I went in and you know, I'm, I'm doing hospitality there and it was great. And, and we had a great morning at church. And you're just they're not afraid to just tell people what you did. And some of those conversations, people would be like, oh, that's great. I love Chick-fil-A. And other conversations would lead into, yeah, I, I just got back from a mission trip or, you know, I moved to Seattle and I'm looking for a new church. Like how you, you just moved to North Carolina. How did you find yours? And so these discussions and these connections that evolved were just natural. It, it, it made me realize that it shouldn't be something I was scared to bring up because if people want to talk about it and you're just talking about who you are and what you do, great. If people want to focus on other aspects in that conversation with you or their relationship or their friendship with you, they will. And once I became unafraid to let people know that, again, not in a pushy kind of, you know, let me, hey, let me talk to you about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, yeah. just telling them about who I am. And it was natural and it was authentic. I guess I love that word authentic. Once I viewed 
my faith as an authentic part of who I am. Like everything I do with, with running and with shoes and with books, it just became another thing I felt great about talking about. And then just started to connect with people at church who or at, at work who had various different backgrounds with religion, different views or different perspectives, but we could all kind of share in that it wasn't afraid to talk about our faith a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's something really powerful about being willing to open that door in an, in an authentic, humble, gentle way. I, I mean, I love that you discovered that there were other people of faith in your workplace, Christian faith, Jewish faith, you know, various different faiths, but that, that you having taken that first step made it safe for them to take that first step. You may have some coworkers, and if you're listening to this, this might apply to you, <laughs> you may have some coworkers who you have worked with for years for whom faith is a very meaningful part of their life and who would love, love, love to have a coworker who shares their faith or they can talk to about their faith, but they don't want to break the ice. And you might take that first step and it might be reciprocated in a way that actually helps you bond, build a deeper friendship, and maybe even make your workplace more fun, more meaningful, more connected. It's one of the things that I know in the running community is true, that knowing a little bit about the people that you're running with can sometimes make it so that you can have great conversations while you're running. Um, that doesn't happen for me because while I'm running, I'm <laughs> gasping for air to try to keep from from collapsing. You know, uh, you know, because I run really, really, really ridiculously fast over very, very long distances. Uh, exactly. Yes, yeah, which is totally not true. So so fast, you, you he doesn't even look like he's moving. It's totally, amazing. The, yes, the air. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see, you know, it's like you know what it is. It's like that scene in Superman where he goes so fast that like time moves backwards. So it's just really hard to track my my uh my marathon time yeah you know dave would never tell you this but but he was a runner in college yes yes and holds or held holds held held yeah held an indoor yeah yeah what what did you hold you held something you're gonna make me talk about this uh this i like to joke about uh my my running days uh, my wife still runs a lot she's she's the fast one in the family now but my my running days in college when i was half the man I am today, uh, definitely a lot speedier, a lot skinnier, but yeah, I, I went to NC state, ran track, ran cross country, won a couple ACC titles in, in track in the 10 K and cross country, which I'm pretty proud of. Uh, cause Steve asked was the first NC state guy to go under 14 minutes in the indoor 5k. So 1356 for 3.1 miles was awesome. a little bit of claim to fame. It's been since broken as, uh, the, the, talent at NC State and the program has just continued to grow and they got some amazingly fast guys. But at the time, that was something I could be pretty proud yeah, of. Yeah, well, and their, their, their running shoes have probably really, really improved. Yeah, exactly. Because the running yes. shoes make a really big yeah, difference. Huge the sort difference. of equipment huge that you difference. use makes a big difference. So, okay, so I want, I want to imagine that Dave today uh, hops into a hot tub time machine, goes back in time, and is talking to Dave back then. You know, the, the, the younger version of Dave, the, maybe the, the fleeter of feet version of Dave. Like, what, what sort of thing would you want to tell him as he's getting ready to enter the workplace to tell him about his faith? Is there, is there something? Now, I didn't warn you about this question beforehand. Yeah. So I'm going to chatter on for a minute and give you a minute to think. But I, you know, I think a lot of times we have, have gained wisdom over the years, but don't realize that we've gained wisdom. And sometimes thinking about our younger selves and what we know now that we didn't know then and, and what sort of difference it would make, 
that can help us uh, verbalize or even cement things that we have picked up along the way. So, you know, so imagine you're talking to younger Dave or to a nephew or, or to your kids who might listen to this one day, you know, what kind of faith in the workplace, what would you want them to know? So I think I would start with the overall kind of theme or, or point because going back you know, 20 years ago, thinking about who I was in my faith journey, I was in a very different place. Uh, entering the workforce, I think overall, don't be afraid to let all your parts come together and be who you are. Don't try to be something else differently. And obviously, how you express yourself and how that comes out is, is relative to the situation. But I think that's, again, one of the things that I won't call it a mistake, but the piece of advice where maybe I could have been better in certain areas if I wasn't so afraid of letting people know there were these other parts of my life. Because again, going to what's made me successful in my career is just been able to connect with people and again, bring that authenticity and and genuine interest. And I think the more you as a person try to close off your own interests while trying to seek out others, I think you you do yourself a disservice. So that would have been my my advice to, to younger Dave is to don't be afraid. People always say that, don't be afraid to be who you really are, but the next step is don't be afraid to then share that with other people. Don't mm-hmm. be who you are in private or with a small group of people. Don't be afraid to look for these connections and find out who else is out there because I've found, especially over the last few years, as I've really allowed those circles to kind of merge into one more complete Dave, all these experiences I put out have been overwhelmingly positive. So is is there something, I'm, I'm fishing here a little bit, yeah. is there something that Jesus has done for you to make you feel more confident or more comfortable bringing the full Dave to the table? Like, like is there something about the, the gospel or about your faith that has, has removed some of the shame or hesitancy that you might have had to bring your full self? So I guess we could always say, you know, Jesus has his hand in everything. But for me, it it was really something I experienced here. It was very simple of just getting involved. I I remember, I I guess I've been going here for about three years and me, my wife, Ashley, our kids walked into uh, up at Woods for the first time. And Ashley took the kids back to uh, Children's Church to get them all set up. And it was up to me to pick a seat Oh, and prior yeah. the pressure the yeah prior it always been going to church with my wife uh and we'd always sit in the back row that was just the thing and so for some reason i walked in the band was kind of warming up it was i got my donuts and coffee it was great and i said you know what i'm going to sit in the front i'm just going to i'm going to do something different this time around again i was having my own journey in faith trying to figure things out and so the biggest things for me was i sat in the front and then Everyone started like front row, front row, about four rows, four or five rows back. Wow. Okay. okay. That, yeah. Nobody wants to sit that, there. Yeah. And, and, and then as part of that, I also said, you know, let me sing, let's stand up and let me sing. And so I just tried it and I just got engaged. And then I think that led to, uh, you know, a couple years later, maybe it was, we'd start talking about small groups and mm-hmm. something, I don't even know if when I lived in Virginia, our church had small groups. I just, I never looked for that opportunity. I showed up to church. I did my thing. I sat in the back row, stood up when I had to, sat down when I had to, got up, walked around, did the things and then left. And that was that compartment shut off for the week. 
And so the experience for whatever reason was different here. And then I got involved in small group and I start sharing. I started to talk to people about who I was, what I did, running, I uh, love playing games, uh, my family, my boys. And talking about that made these connections. And so it was not so much really my journey of faith being come more visible in other parts of my life as so much as I brought the rest of my life into faith. And then once I became really comfortable there and started having, I had friends from church. I went out with people from church. I went to small group. Uh, I started to serve with church. And that made me realize that this whole experience could be really big, important part of who I was. And then once I became really comfortable and involved and started involving the other aspects of my life in church, that in turn gave me the confidence, energy, and excitement to then be more outward with how I talked about my religion and my faith in those other circles of my life. That So, so to, to do the preacher thing and right to try to pull that into one phrase— as your life became integrated with your faith, your faith became integrated with your life. Absolutely. So yep. as, as you brought all of these things, your interests, your family, as you brought them into the circle of your conversation about God, faith, spirituality, it, it's like it bled back the other direction. Absolutely. hundred percent. I have heard lots and lots of conversations about faith and work. And I've never heard anyone say that. That's really, really <laughs> insightful. That's really great, Dave. Thank you. I, I want to ask one or two more things. We're at uh, 21 minutes at, at this point in the podcast, so I'm not going to keep you too long. I know you got little munchkins. I, I can talk to. all day. As, yes. as most people who work with me or somebody who asks me, hey, what kind of shoes are you wearing? I, I tend to get passionate about stuff, so yes, yes. 21 minutes could turn into three hours. I think we might give fatigue to the listeners. All right, all right. So, okay, so here, so let's some rapid fire type of okay. questions. Okay. Prayer at work. Do you ever pray for coworkers, like in your head, in your heart, you hear about something happening at work? Do you ever pray about, you know, like a big pitch that you're making or you got a quota coming up? Like, like how does prayer ever fit in with this stuff? So prayer for me is always asking for, not always, but help, patience, understanding, help me to see other people and see what's important to them and take their viewpoint on things and hope that we can always find consensus and, and bring people, bring us together and understanding. Uh, it is always a challenge at work as you're negotiating and there is the, I don't want to call it like the, the real world or the reality of, of being in business and being in sales. But again, I think if I approach stuff trying to find how we can connect with everybody, even with uh, people who work with some of the brands we compete against is that i really the understanding that there's probably a, a best scenario for everybody. And so whether I meet people who have faith in Jesus or go to church or not, I'm always asking for, you know, Jesus and God to help me with that wisdom and understanding to connect with people. And then my belief is that if I'm just great at connecting with people, great at who I am, and those other aspects of my faith come out, maybe in a little bit of way, it'll help those people who aren't or don't have a faith relationship to think about it a little bit more. Uh, maybe it will help me further connect with people who do have that faith relationship. Uh, but that's really when it comes to work, a lot about what I pray about. And I will ask for help. I do see people struggling. I do see people have challenges. And again, whether I know that they have faith or not, I will definitely 
ask a quick prayer or even if it's just help that guy out or man, it'd be nice if, if that guy could get a break or get in a situation where he could maybe have a connection like I did. Yeah. So there's, there's like a, a pastoral prayer where you're praying that God would take care of people. There's also a missional prayer where you're praying that God would open people's eyes to the gospel and to Christ. Uh, But, but that ability to see that God can be present in you, in your life, in your workplace. I think that's, that's really great. Do you ever feel, so, so years ago I used to work at a roofing company and, uh, I was in accounts payable, you know, one of those data entry, problem solving, troubleshoot sort of people looking for rebates and things like that. And everyone in the roofing company knew that I was a follower of Jesus. They, they knew that about me. And I felt a certain kind of responsibility or pressure to behave a certain way, not in a way that made me inauthentic, but that I felt like they might be evaluating God by evaluating me. Now, this is when I'm 20 years old, 21 years old, right? Uh, I think I would look at it in a different way now. But do you ever feel in a higher level of accountability around your coworkers who know that you're a person of faith? Again, another great question. So I'll answer this. I'll kind of come at it a little sideways because one of the things that really did help me and is still helping me connect with Jesus is this idea that we make mistakes, that it's a journey, that you're never going to be perfect and you're never going to be a perfect example. Uh, One thing, and I've I've expressed this to you, I, I was about to say I joke about this with you, but it's not a joke in that I am still trying to figure this out and that's okay. I don't understand a lot of this stuff, small group, reading the Bible, going through these studies. I get some of it. Others, I'm asking questions. I'm still figuring it out. So I think that takes pressure off me uh, at work at the rest of my life. When I get in these situations and I do try to be a better person, uh, I try to be a better person than I was, you know, you could say 10 or 20 years ago or even, you know, last week. And that's what I find with my faith in Jesus is that I can always be a better person and, and make better decisions and go along this journey. And so in instances where I, I, it's never been questioned, I don't know if anybody's kind of questioned it in private either, but it's okay if you make a mistake or if at a certain time you did something and you're like, you know what, I'm going to guess that Jesus probably thought that wasn't a great way to handle that or a great way to talk to somebody or a great thing to do. But then understanding that and, and remembering that tomorrow's always a day to do better and that not separating out faith from work, from family, that it really is trying to be the best version of Dave that I can be helps all of that come together. So if it happens, it happens. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it because I know that there's always a path forward for me to be better. That pressure on, on you. Awesome. All right. Last question. You ready? Last one. Okay. Um, so you're a runner. You work for a running shoe company. So this is not necessarily related to faith and work, but I, but I, since you're here, um, what, what do you think are, like if you were able to sit down and say, okay, God, why did you make running a thing? Like, like why did you make it so that we can run so that we can get out and walk so that we can be in nature. Like why, why did you make it that some people are fast? Like why do you think God made running a thing? So the thing I love about running, and I think this is why 
maybe God has blessed us with the ability to do that is it's just, it is inclusive. You talk about being fast, being slow. You talk about racing. You talk about not racing. You can walk. You can walk. You can run on the road. You can run on the trail. You can run through the forest. You can run through your neighborhood. It literally is something that you, you don't even, I hope my boss isn't listening. You don't even need shoes to do it. Although it can make it a, a lot more comfortable, yes. but you could, you just go out your door or not in your house around. I, my kids run in my house all the time. That's the great thing about it. It's inclusive and it's inviting and it allows everybody to participate. And I think that's, again, the lessons that I've really learned that have made me really grow my faith journey. And something I've learned here is that it's inclusive and it invites you whether you're fast or slow to bring it back to the church, whether you really believe or you don't, whether you think you're going to figure this out or you don't, it doesn't matter. Just show up, be a part of it and see what happens. And it's something that I think when everybody really participates in running and finds out this means something to me, they grow with it. It becomes a journey and it's something that can really, to, to end on the Brooks note, really make us happy. That's beautiful. Thanks, Dave.